Today's episode is brought to you by Mission Aware. Mission Aware offers a lifestyle brand on mission to the glory of God. Use the promo code DOCANDEVO and save $10 off all orders over $50. Head on over to missionaware.com slash DOCANDEVO today. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Chilling outside. It's still nice. Back on the porch. Back on the porch. Let's see. Hold on. Smoking cigars. Mm. What are you smoking? Uh, I am smoking an A.J. Fernandez New World, Mm. box pressed. But you brought the wrong size. I did not bring the wrong size. You brought size. the wrong size. It's the perfect size. It's not at the Toro. I know who, that's too big. No, it's that's not. too much. No, it's not. That's it's too ni- much. Oh, no, you know it's not. You just, you're saying that because you couldn't get them. I could, they didn't have them. They I had know. that one. I'm so sorry, Joe, that I thought, hey, this is Joe's favorite cigar. I'm going to grab it. I also brought you the Judge. Well, you didn't want that, so I took it. The I brought Judge a Maduro. The Judge is a $13 cigar I, that yeah. tastes like an $8 cigar. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you buy the you know, Judge? Because I thought you'd like it. Yeah, I was thinking of you. I wanted today. Yeah, I, mean, you, I wanted today to be a good last day. Last time for I you. brought cigars for us here, um, mm-hmm. I bought eighteen dollars cigars for you. Did you? Yeah. Which ones? Number nine. Oh yeah, I passed those. <laughs> I, I was like, I even stopped right in front. I'm like, oh, look at that T52. Eighteen? Nope. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> happen. I was like, let's grab those New Worlds and that Nica Rustica. The New Worlds are like inexpensive. I think and they're, they're good. So good. I think oh, they're really gosh, good. Gosh, I like them. I mean, they're not as good as the. As a Liga, but what is? Mm-hmm. The Liga Pravada. But they are, this is my new favorite cigar. I smoke them all the time. Yeah, because they're cheap and you get them five for five. No, five no. for 25. No. Over at, uh, yeah, you no, can. not these, no. Those ones you can't? No, that's, uh, that's the Rocky Patel Edge. Oh, that's right. Never Those mind. are five for 25 at Benny's. But um, these, you can get a box of these for like 111. That's good. Yeah. For as much as you smoke? What? I think we've already had this conversation. Okay, all right. So we're out here on the porch, so you're mm. going to hear like my neighbor mowing his lawn. You'll hear birds overhead. If we stay out here late enough, you'll hear, you'll hear coyotes mm. howling at night. I don't want to see coyotes. You don't see them. You just hear them. I don't like them. It's cool because you can hear them howling. And then when they, when they finally kill an animal, it's spooky. All I know is that pretty soon Trump will get rid of all those coyotes. <laughs> he does have a plan, doesn't he? <laughs> 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 so man, it's it was it's a, it's a Sunday, so mm-hmm. we always enjoy Sunday. We worship hard. We uh, lift our voices to the Lord. We hear the word. Yeah, we, do, do you even sab- bro? Do you even Sabbath? Yeah, man, I'm doing it right now. We're well, I, I was doing it technically. I think we do it when we're in worship. So yeah, but now I'm not Sabbathing. Now I'm just chilling. Now we're just chilling. Yeah, and, like a villain. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe not really. Not it's all really? legal. It's all legal. What we're doing right well, here? I guess you're right. We are smoking outside. Outside. Today. No one's getting upset. Mm-mm. No can't, one wants can't, to. Can't smoke at the church. Nope. Not allowed to. It's illegal. I know. And it bothers my wife. Mm. Does it? Yeah. I don't think it does. Oh, it does. Yeah, she's like, you can't smoke at the church. I guess Michelle did say something as well. Yeah. On our double date night. <laughs> we had they, a nice double date, man. They, they came out hard at us. What's up with that? Yeah, well, and I, I kind of came. I think, you know what? I think, yeah, you got them all aggro. No, listen, no I, you start arguing for no good reason. No, no, no good reason. No, listen, that was at the end of the night when I started arguing. Your wife started talking about her new age diet stuff. Not new age. Oh, it's, it's like not new totally age. Totally new age. It's not new age. She's like talking about cleanses and like all this stuff. 
And uh, is it some kind of like Hindu diet or something? All I'm trying to say, it's worse dude, than no, yoga. No, dude, That's all I'm trying to say is for two ninety nine ninety nine, you can buy in as well, <laughs> and you can sell to your friends. I don't appreciate the hard <laughs> sale at dinner. Okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, we had a, we had a good double date, and uh, where do we go? What's it called? Uh, El Turiro. El Tiro. I'm sorry, I'm not even thinking. I'm looking at Bonger trying I'm to quit give threatening me a- my son. I can see you making fist gestures. I'm going to punch him in I'm the eye. Punch him in the face. All right. So, um, so what's it called? Trebien or something? Like that? No, that's Bien Turuca. That's a different one. Okay. This one, uh, El Turiro. El Tiro. How come you can say Trebien so good, but you can't say this one? I can't because I can't. I don't know. Actually, you sound like some ignorant Anglo trying to pronounce a <laughs> Spanish name. <laughs> Latin fusion. Well, yeah, so it's Latin fusion. Latin fusion. Good food. Good really good food. Grief, Tapas, dude. it's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Great drinks. Uh, and it lots was, of water. It was super cheap, dude. I, I don't, in fact, I think I got it out of there. didn't pay a thing. It was awesome. Yeah, that's because you walked out on the bill. There was a bill? There was a bill. I did not even oh, see Joe that. Oh, Joe pulled the, hey, guys, I just got to use the washroom, and then I got a call. I'm like, see ya. See ya. I'm out. That, is, that did not happen. No, that did not happen. Um, Joe, Joe. If you can't see, I'm I'm having quote signs up. Air quotes. Yeah. He fought hard to pay the bill. Well, Jimmy grabbed it. I go, no, no, I got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, and then yeah. he goes, no, I got it. And I'm like, no, I got it. And then he's like, no, I got it. And after that, you just got to say, okay. <laughs> you didn't even do that. You're like, I was like, hey, man, I got it. You're like, oh, no, no please, Jen. No, Jen no, and I, listen, Jen and I no, were planning Jim, on buying. it's okay. Jen and Come I were now. like, we got this. Listen, if my you heard my, my wife said it, quit threatening my son. No, he's, he's threatening me right now. You can't see it. Bonger. Bonger, come out here. Come out here. He's coming. Here he comes. Are you, are you threatening Fofo? No. Oh, oh, are Come you here. lying? No. That's Come a here. fib. No. Jesus cries if you lie. No, he, he's wrong. Jesus doesn't cry. Come here. <laughs> here you go. Oh, are, you, are you playing PlayStation? No. What are you playing? You're just holding the controller? Lego World? Mm-hmm. Sounds lame. Hey, man. Sounds boring. Hey, Bonger. I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm gonna put you oh, no. There's Jen. Hold on. All right. Hi, Jen. You better go back in. Mommy's calling you. Yep. And so just remember, in Genesis 3, that's when the fall happened. But there is there is hope for us all, Bonger. That was a good... That was a that's good, what we were talking about, Jen. Good catechism right there, time. Blessings, brother. I'm, I'm, late. I'm leaving. I'm taking the kids, too. Jen's taking the kids to Sojourn, and I got to pick them up, right? Yeah, we're recording. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> so right. what are we talking about today, man? We're talking about when pastors cheat. Like uh, like on exams? On exams. Uh, no, I think we're actually talking about I think we're moral failings. You want to say it like that? Oh, when they cheat on their wives. When they cheat on their wives. Oh. Yep. So, so we want to talk about when and why pastors commit adultery. Now, mm. why, why, why are we talking about this? Do pastors don't commit adultery, do they? No, no. They are uh, stellar individuals with great moral character that do not stumble or fall. We're talking about this because... A number of pastors over the years, even recently, um, uh, even in our circle, the Reformed circle, um, have been caught in in sexual immorality. Yeah. Um, so we, we see this sort of a thing happening, and it happens again and again. And it, it, it's happened across denominational lines, tribal lines. Uh, pastors keep being caught in affairs. Some of them are broken mm-hmm. and repentant, and they step out of ministry to get healing. Others of them are indignant, and they leave their family, and they go ahead and they hook up and marry the next person. Um, others of them, uh, you know, just kind of uh, feign repentance, or yeah. they are re- somewhat repentant for a time, and then they just jump right back into the spotlight. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk—oops, I—, I uh, 
We both got the same one. Keep and my, going. my alarms are going up. All right. So what we wanted to talk about is, is why and how it happens. And while we're going to talk about pastors in particular, this applies to everyone, to men and women mm-hmm. in all situations. Um, and because you think like, okay, well, I get why celebrity pastor guy winds up failing and falling because he's a celebrity. He's put up on a pedestal and people are looking up to them. They're, right. they're, they're seeking out, uh, spiritual wisdom and advice. There's a comfort there, I think. Right. Uh, and a vulnerability that people have with those in authority. Oh, well, I guess in senior or celebrity pastors. I right. Guess. And, and in those situations, sometimes yeah. pastors wind up taking advantage yeah. of people exploiting people. But, but how does it even get to there? How do, how does your, how does the average affair happen? Um, uh, it, especially for for pastors, you know, and I remember thinking, and you might think it's a very fair thought. I remember thinking, well, I'm kind of a dwarf looking ugly guy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wind up having an affair because who's gonna want to hook up with me? Even if I was interested, yeah, yeah. it's just not gonna happen. And no, I was, it's not. It, well, I know, but the reality is, is um, I I talked to a number of pastors when I was in Bible college, and these were pastors that were very much like me. They were ugly. And they all, and this happened in seminary as well, all these pastors said that they had either been wound up in a situation where they were flat out propositioned, or they were in a position where they began to develop feelings for a person uh, that was not their spouse. And, and here's what they said. In general, they said when the, when, how you wind up in a situation where they were vo- more vulnerable than they mm-hmm. would normally have been. As, as pastor or as leader... The people that you interact with and counsel tend to see the best version of you. Yes. Right? Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think um, as as ministers, as leaders, I mean, we kind of do put our best foot forward. I mean, I do think a lot of uh, pastors do show some vulnerability, I think, in the pulpit. You know, I think that it's unhealthy if a pastor presents themselves as perfect in every way. and, and But even that vulnerability... Is, is kind of... It's an attractional quality. And it's, it's like, kind wow. of veiled as well. You know, because you don't really show everything. Because you, you, you can't. can't really, you can't really show and share everything from the pulpit because it's an inappropriate setting yeah. to, to do that, you know? But so even, they, like you said, even that, it's, there's an endearing nature to it. Like, oh, he's so real. So, you you know, they're, they're going to see the best version of you when you're, mm. when you're in ministry most of the time. Um, they're going to see you teaching, preaching, counseling. They're going to see that you have answers. And when you don't have the answers and you admit that, then you're like, oh, well, he's a real person. Yeah. So they see the best version of you. And so what are you likely to get from people who see the best version of you all the time? Uh, they're going to be looking at you through uh, rose-colored glasses. Right. And so they'll give you affirmation. Yep. Encouragement. You're so awesome. You're a spiritual leader. And sometimes people that you're counseling will see you in juxtaposition uh, to their spouse. And they'll say like, wow, you know, my spouse is abusive or my spouse is neglectful or we're really struggling, but here you are. And not only do you um, see, not only do you demonstrate these godly qualities that I admire, you see in me something special. And you actually, you're hearing me. You're listening right, to me. Right. You're affirming that I have a voice. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so they are being cared for by you, which is normal and natural. They only see the best side of you so they begin to affirm you and this is actually how joe and i became friends really i don't remember well yeah you kind of took advantage of me by uh during counseling i saw all these you know great qualities in you you heard me through my mess and everything and and you kept trying to like whisper to me hey uh 
one knife, one wife is not enough. Have me as your podcast wife. That definitely did will, not happen. We will take over the world. That, that did not happen. And uh, I, I, I so ever since then, the Jofo. Wife. Ever since then, the Jofo was born. That's why it's Jofo. The Fojo wife. No, because Fojo sounds really weird. Yeah, no, it's Jofo. No, Jofo. So, you know. So you've you've got this dynamic when you're in ministry that there is this possible. Um, pedestal yes. that, that you're put on as a leader and in any kind of leadership where people are going to see the best version of you, you're going to be caring for people and so there is a relationship there that has the potential to grow a little weird. Now, so they are affirming you, right? They're affirming the leader. When you go home, what might you be getting at home? I don't know, Joe. I, what For me, um, I just received the blessings of the Lord through family and, and uh, through my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have no complaints, Joe. Of course, I, I of have course. no complaints. Of course, I, no. But, but I might, but I might hear, uh, I might hear a little pushback on you know some of the dumb things I say or do. <laughs> your spouse, your sp- I might get called out <laughs> for my junk. Right, your spouse sees the real you. Because the spouse sees not only the best of you, but your spouse sees the worst of you. Oh, yeah. So they have the full picture, the real picture. Now, in any marriage, what can happen is that, you know, sometimes you fall into a rut where maybe you're not getting the affirmation that you need. Um, Maybe you're having a tough time. So maybe there isn't an excitement there for whatever reason. But you've got this relationship going on in a counseling situation where... Wow, this person affirms me. You're affirming them. You're counseling them. Now they're affirming you, and it gets encouraging. It feels yeah. good. That relationship feels good. I had a pastor tell me one time. He was a professor at this point. He said, I started counseling this woman, and uh, you know she would come in for counseling. She'd just pop in sometimes. And I knew what days she tended to pop in because she needed help, and it was usually on this particular day. And she, he said, one day, I was getting dressed, and I was picking out my tie. He was one of those pastors who wore a suit and tie. And he said, and I was picking out the tie, and in my head I was thinking, I think that lady will like this tie. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's dangerous. Now, as soon as he had the thought and he grabbed the tie, he sat down on the bed, and he called for his wife, and he immediately confessed what he was thinking at that very moment. Amen. That's the right move. Yeah. That's a hard move to make. Yep. And I'm sure it was embarrassing and yep. humiliating, and it probably hurt his wife. Oh, yeah. But from that point, they were able to deal with it and move forward. So sometimes you have, you know, situations where a person of the opposite sex will be aggressive towards you. Sometimes it will be that you are simply sort of drifting into this emotional affair that can happen Mm -hmm. uh, because of these unrealistic perspectives that you have of her or him. And uh, things tend to get warped. Now, one of the dangers here that's happening is the danger of comparison, Right? One, of the, one of the most dangerous things that you can mm-hmm. do in your marriage is to compare your spouse to another spouse or to another or person. To another person, yeah. Right? yeah. Like, well, you know, wow, uh, my spouse isn't into X, Y, and Z at all. She's, you know, he or she's against these things. But yet this person is very affirming of those same ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, wow, this person is, co- is such an encouragement to me. I feel so built up and, and, and edified. Uh, or whatever it is, and when I go home, I don't, I don't feel that way. You begin to compare. What you're doing when you compare your spouse to another person is you are tearing them down while building up someone else uh, that you shouldn't be building up in your mind or your heart, but you're also building them up in an inauthentic way. That's right. It's not even real. No. It's not, it, it, so there, there, there can be a lot of danger when you have these relationships, which is why we did that Billy Graham rule episode. Yeah, yeah. There are reasons why we seek to prevent 
uh, prolonged and certainly um, isolated interaction with people of the opposite sex because we're just trying to be careful in general about, about the possibility that one day one of these situations could go somewhere south. So, yeah, I think that we need to be careful uh, about this, recognizing that anytime someone fails, it could be us. Oh, yeah. That, that's the big thing, right? Is that when we see these celebrity celebrity pastors um, that do struggle or, or they're caught. Um, I mean, our, I, I think our initial reaction is, how dare they? What what how foolish is that to put yourself in a situation uh, where this could happen, right? But you're right, Joe. I mean, by the grace of God, it could be any of us. And that, when we lose sight of that is, I think, when we are more vulnerable right. to, to seeing, not saying it's going to happen, right? but saying I think our guard is then down. Well, th- and this is the thing. Like, honestly, today, I don't think it could happen to me. Not today. It would have to be the craziest, weirdest but just because you think it couldn't happen right now doesn't mean it couldn't happen soon because things change, circumstances change. We go through problems and difficulties. So while you may be on point right now in your relationship and your guard is up, if you aren't careful, there will come a time when you are weak, when things aren't going well and you begin to get confused. That's right. And so it could happen to anyone, even if it couldn't happen today. How many steps away are you from something bad happening? We ought to consider that. Like, how many steps away am I? What would need to be happening for me to be in such a weakened state that I could move forward? Now, this is different from the lecherous false shepherds who are just out there taking advantage of women who need to be put out to pasture, never to pastor, shepherd, or lead, or serve again in any capacity. But the reality is, is that that is the minority. That's right. Most of the affairs that happen in marriage happen because you just wind up spending a lot of time with somebody, uh, but on a more superficial level, not the marriage level, so they don't see the real you, and... Maybe even if they are seeing you and, and affirming the, the real you, um, they are doing something and you are taking delight in something that should only be coming from your spouse. Yeah, absolutely. Either way, either way, it becomes really problematic. Now, so, we, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. When, when, we're, when we're looking at, the, at the, the possibility of people falling into an affair, and I know at some point we can say, well, nobody falls into it, they jump. Well, okay, at some point we jump. Mm-hmm. But there is this... There can be a kind of a gravitational pull into a relationship that you need to be aware of and, and protect yourself from. When you begin to sense that maybe something is out of whack here, what should we be doing? What, what can we do to prevent ourselves from well, – we'll, we'll get to that first. Let me, I guess let me back up. We've talked about the Billy Graham rule, yeah. right? which in general I think is okay depending on how you define it yeah, and, yeah. and how you work it. But – what do we do to prevent ourselves from getting in a situation where that gravitational pull is something that we actually can feel? What do we do to protect ourselves? Um, I think one is transparency and accountability. All right. With whom? Well, I, I would say with uh, our spouse and with our elders yeah. or with someone that we trust. You know what I mean? I, right. I would prefer that to be an elder, especially, especially in our case, especially yeah. in our case. Right. Um, where we are, we're, we're sharing about our meetings. We're sharing about, you know, who we're counseling. Uh, we have open schedules where people can see, you know, who are we spending our time with? Um, but then I think even just talking about with, like, like we mentioned, I think at the Billy Graham episode, uh, there's a difference between confidentiality and secrecy. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't 
we don't keep secrets, uh, you know, away from each other as far right. as as the elder group. But we keep things uh, confidential, uh, and so I think being able to share with another brother uh, what is what's going on, and and because maybe you might not be able to detect it or see it, but maybe somebody else could say, hey, maybe you want to take a step back, or maybe you want to bring in somebody else as mm-hmm. well. Uh, to kind of help with this situation uh, because there, there might be some vulnerability here that you're not intending to kind of take advantage of, but quite potentially could. You know, it's it, because we, we so we, we agree on this 100 uh, percent transparency, accountability. These are vital aspects to the Christian life in general. But. People lie. And I, yeah. I've known guys in leadership not at our church, but I've known guys in, in pretty high positions of leadership in terms of Christian faith, networks, and denominations who would talk about transparency and accountability, would promote it, would coach people, but the whole time they're simply lying about where they are at and what they're doing. So, I mean, in the end, yeah. you, you people can't pretend. People can be fake. They can be phony. Hopefully, you have people around you who know you well enough to know when things are not right, they can sense it, they can see it, they can they can begin to press into that. Again, if the person's going to lie, their sin will ultimately find them out. But there's not much that we can do if the person himself is mm-hmm. resistant. So we're talking to those of you who want to be careful yeah. and, and who want to um, guard themselves and guard the people that they have responsibility to care for or work with or whatever it is. So Okay, so Joe, I mean, what about... Before we get to uh, what I want to talk about next is what do you do if you have a concern about someone in leadership and their relationship with somebody else, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But before we get to that, I just want to talk about our sponsor for uh, for this episode. We got a sponsor? We got a sponsor. Not not a real one though, right? Oh, it's a real one. It's a real sponsor? Legit. Legit sponsor? Is that our second real sponsor now? Our second real sponsor. Mission Aware. Jeff Landon over at MissionAware.com. I got some of those shirts. I got a we bunch got of them. We got some of those shirts. Yeah. I got some stickers, got some decals, got some mugs, got some uh I got wall glasses. art. Oh, we have our, in our library, we have this That's awesome- That's decal. That's is that got. a decal? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Wall art. It, so it's this, it's this big, like it's all the solas. Yep. It's well, up on our too. wall. I love that. Where, do you have it up? Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, Michelle's office. <laughs> she's got it. <laughs> she's got it. Yeah. She took it. <laughs> she took it. She saw it. She, like, Wait, she's got it. an office? Yeah. You don't got an office? Yeah, I do. No, you don't. Basement. No, that don't count. It counts. No, first of all, it, okay, let's talk about Jeff Landon. Anyways, we'll talk about anyways, 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 anyways. Uh, Father's Day is coming up. And I, that's right. He, here's the thing, ladies. Uh, you, maybe your guy wants a grill. Probably not. He, I know not, what your guy doesn't want. He doesn't want a tie. Don't get him a tie. And I know he probably might want some books. Eh, we can do that later on. Right now, what he wants is something from Mission Aware. Mission Aware is cool because the stuff that they put out is reformed. Yep. It's got that whole reformed bent to it. That's right. The art is cool. You do, they do a, work a lot with Peter Voth. Yep. And it's, it's, a, it's a lifestyle brand. And, uh, oh man, so much of the stuff that they have available is stuff that guys would want. But here's the thing. They've also got new stuff that's only going to be available during uh, this time, during this promo time before Father's Day. Yeah. So listen, if you don't get this stuff now, Mission Aware won't be selling it later. I know, but he's going to have some Doc and Devo stuff. That's what I'm talking about. I know. Maybe a pint glass? Maybe a rocks glass? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. So you got to head on over there, uh, missionaware.com slash Doc and Devo. That's, you got to use that URL. That's it. But here's the other part. You're going to want to use the promo code Doc and Devo, and you're going to save $10 for any order over $50. That's like 
That's not to stop. What is that? That's that, a lot. That's, that's a lot <laughs> off. Ten, you can't even figure it out. Can $10 you? off of mm. 50? Is that like, is that 5%? That's that five? That's at that's least five. That's, that's, like not, five. that's not at least 5%. What is it? I don't know. It's like 50%. Then. It's not 50%. No, Anyways, but it's a lot. It's a great chunk of change. It ain't even like it's 10%. He's not even saying 10%. A lot of people, I'll do that. I'll be like, hey, man, you get 10% off, and it's like two bucks. Right. This dude's like $10 off. $10, man. That's a, that's $10 a good cigar. Off. That's, that's really good. So yeah. anyways, it's a couple head on over to missionaware.com slash DocAndDevo. Use a promo code DocAndDevo. It's a movie ticket. And save $10 off any order over $50. It's breakfast. Joe. Let's just say, what do you, what is your, what would you do or what would your advice be if you kind of have this feeling, right? Like you just yeah. look and you're like, hey, something inappropriate. It feels like it's inappropriate. Maybe nothing's going on. Maybe everything's fine. What would your advice be to that individual? Because what we don't want is witch hunts. What right. we don't want is like, you know, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I also want to protect. Like if I, I, well, I know what I would do if I had suspicions about you or about Pat or about any of the other elders, but. What what would your suggestion be to whether it's a pastoral staff, if you're a pastoral staff member or a member of the congregation, and you're seeing this? To me, this is a no brainer, and it, it, just because, but just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy to do. Yeah, fair enough. Right? There's a difference between simple and easy. The simple thing, it's a simple thing. You go and talk to that person. Now that might not be easy. You might have an intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. You may not want to look stupid. Uh, you may not want to make somebody angry. But you've got to go and talk to them. And you lead with that. You say, listen, this might be nothing, but it looks weird to me. And I'm just curious, like, you know, what's going on here? Are you protecting yourself? Like, what, what's the situation? Because I'm just concerned that you might be in trouble. You might get into trouble. That's, I, I, listen, if somebody said that to me about anything that I was doing, I would at first be shocked yeah, yeah. if I wasn't doing anything. I would want to reassure them what's going on. But I would also then need to evaluate, what am I doing here? Yeah. I, am I missing why is, something? Why is this perception out there? Right. Is this person crazy? That's possible. Some people yep. are just weird, but maybe not. You know, maybe, so you need to take it to heart. So I would say, go and talk to that person. Mm-hmm. Be chill, be cool, be gracious about it, but go and talk to them. And I'll tell you right now, if that person is super defensive and super aggro and they don't want to hear it, that would concern me. That would concern me that it, 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 at the very least it means they're not very approachable yeah. and they're not very humble. Uh, at worst, they're hiding something. So don't jump to conclusions if they are super defensive about something going on. But you might, you know, you might want to like press in on that particular issue. Like, well, man, I'm, I'm just trying to be a friend here. I'm trying to look out for you. I'm not trying to cause harm. Yeah. Now, would you say, I guess my, my question is, would you, uh, and that's if you're a member of a congregation, would you bring it? To an elder as well? Well, I guess, you know, it depends on what's going on exactly. Yeah. You know, um, if if I was a member of a church and I knew that Pastor Johnny was seemingly spending a lot of time with uh, Sister Sally mm-hmm. and it like, well, it just seemed off to me. I would go and talk to that person. And if they were unresponsive to it or not, and I still felt weird about it, then I might talk to the elders about it. Okay. I would not talk to anybody in the congregation no, about no, it. That I would not talk to anybody not. else. But it's always safe to talk to the elders. At least it should be always safe to absolutely. talk to the elders. And then the elders can set you straight. You know, The elders can say, no, we know what's going on here, or we didn't know what was going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm glad now that we know. We can talk about this. So I think that's fine. I, listen, 
at Redeemer, we really want our elders to maintain a posture that is not defensive. And I think for the most part, we've been able to do that uh, over the 10 years that we've been in existence. The, the elders that we have have always been teachable and humble. And it doesn't mean that they don't ever overreact or that they're never wrong. But in the end, they really do hear any concerns, complaints, or rebukes yeah. that they've received. And I've seen these guys repent, ask for forgiveness uh, in the face of those sorts of situations. Not about this in particular. That hasn't no, come no. up. But, you know, anything where they ha- there has been a misstep. So I think it's fine to go and, and do that. I th- I'm concerned. This is you know, We talk about this a lot, but I am really concerned. And I'm, I'm kind of angry about elder boards and church leadership teams that are unapproachable and unaccountable yeah. that lack transparency uh, and sort of keep people at, at arm's length or, or, or more. Uh, I have a problem with that. Uh, we're supposed to be a church of brothers and sisters, even though, yes, God has given pastors and leaders to function in the church and to have greater authority and responsibility. We are all still one family and we need to be able to talk to each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we're talking about how to protect yourselves, right? So on the one hand, you you have accountability, you have transparency. Uh, if there's an issue, hopefully somebody will go and talk. Also in protecting yourself, you need to make sure that you are cultivating healthy relationships with your spouse, yeah. right? A healthy relationship with your spouse that is that is vibrant, that is exciting. And, you know, I've even shared at our CG, and maybe I've shared on here, that Jen and I had a serious conversation recently because, you know, she had just pointed out, she said, listen, lately there's been something off here. Yeah. And I don't want that to continue. And what it, what it boiled down to was a couple things. One of the big ones was it, it's not very romantic. Lately it hasn't been very romantic. And that's not good. No, that's not good at and, all. And I have, and I just, not very on the ball with that. I was like, really? Wow. Okay. And so when she, when she brought this up, I repented of that before her, we prayed and I'm, I've been diligently working on that. So you've got to constantly cultivate and evaluate your relationship with your spouse. If you are married and you made it more romantic by bringing in the fofo for da- double date night. Yeah. Well, that's coaching. That's yeah, what that is. Basically. That was, that's, you that's needed to learn how, to, how it's yeah. done. I was going to want to go to the squire anymore. You kept taking her to the freaking squire. Uh, I took her there once. I've seen multiple photos. No, you have not. You, I've Never. Seen one time. No. With Village thing? Is that the one thing? Village whatever, Squire? Whatever it one is. One time. Horrible place. I can't believe we took it there. Yeah, it wasn't very I good. I had to help you learn the better spots. You yeah. even said, hey, man. Uh, We're new in the area. I don't know oh, where to yeah, go. Oh, I'm new to the area. I don't know where to go, man. Can you help me out? Yeah. Here you go, buddy. Bam. I know all the places. It was good. It was great. It was really good. So, um, so you, you, you want, want to cultivate that. But let's say you find yourself in a situation where you are starting to think about somebody. Okay. Uh, more than you should. You know, maybe there is an infatuation or an interest or some kind of gravitational pull, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, if hopefully, you know, if you're praying, if you're reading the word, you're going to be aware that this is going on. Now, you can ignore it to your peril or you can address the issue. What, what should people be doing when they sense in them this sort of a pull towards another person that isn't their spouse? I mean, I think I would be uh, open and honest and trying to share that with people that I trust right with a person that I trust. I mean, I would share it with Joe or share it with one of the elders and say, uh, you know, I'd, I'd go to Pat and say, man, I'm, I'm kind of sensing this. I, I don't, I don't nothing's happened yet. I'm nothing, not doing anything, but yeah, yeah. Nothing's happened. Nothing's going on, but I find myself thinking these certain things or in a certain way or, or they're just on my mind, you right. know, uh, more than just like, Hey, you know, as I'm praying for the church or praying for members of the church, this person comes to mind, but, mm-hmm. um, but thinking more about them. And so, you know, I just want you to be aware of that. Check my heart. Maybe, you know, if it continues, uh, 
try to help me find a way to to get somebody else involved. Right. Right. Like whether it's in, within the counseling itself or handing the count the counseling off to somebody else. In yeah. General. Well, I would say you know if if there is a problem, uh, I think you're right. I think, uh, like, obviously, we need to treat this as a sin issue yeah. that needs real repentance. We need to mortify the flesh. We need coaching, counseling. Um, you know, if you're sensing that this is starting to happen, do you tell your wife? What do you do? I think, it, I don't know if I would do that at first. I know some guys would say yes right away. I'd be saying something. And I, and I respect the, uh, the professor that did that. I get it. Um, if there's nothing there, I don't want her to think that, you know, that, right. I don't know. I don't want that on her mind. Uh, I think it depends on it depends the relationship. On, it depends on the person themselves. It, it depends right? on, on, I mean, Michelle's a very, in, in my situation, Michelle's a very, uh, strong-willed woman. Like she's very self-assured and, um, and she trusts me and, and, and I know I can share a lot of things with her, uh, She's but not, not going to crumble. That's if just you, it. there if are you some spouses like I think that would crumble. Right, right. It would, it would, it would destroy. I think any sense of like self assurance or or uh, confidence. Right. Well, what if somebody? What if somebody were to respond with? And I, I don't agree with this necessarily. But if somebody were to say, "Well, you're not now at this point. Then you're not being honest with your spouse." I don't know if it's not being honest. I think it's protecting. Uh, I think that I'm still being honest. I'm being faithful to my spouse. Is 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 really important. I'm being faithful to my spouse by sharing it with other with another brother uh, that is able to uh, kind of speak into that. And if there is more to it, then I would be like, yes, I need to talk to my wife right. and we need to get counseling together. I think the key here is you have to be willing to talk to your spouse as yes. soon as it's necessary. I agree with that. And you have to be willing to talk to them right away if it's necessary. That's right. Um, so I agree. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily go and tell Jen right away if I had a couple of thoughts or if I was beginning to begin infatuated, I think I would probably start the way you're starting. But I hope that I would very quickly move towards telling my wife if this thing did not immediately begin to change. And here's the other part, though. You also don't want that individual or you like your your spouse to have a negative view of that individual. They're going right. to become jealous. Right. I would hope Michelle gets jealous. And I, I, you know, I would hope that Michelle would be so jealous she'd want to lay a smack down to her. But here's That's the, my man. But the problem is, is that the other person that you're beginning to think about hasn't done anything wrong. Hasn't done wrong. anything wrong. They, I mean, so they don't obviously aren't interested in you anyways. I mean, there's obviously, 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 no one wants so, to. So while on the one hand, you want to protect your spouse, but you also want to protect the person. Who's done nothing wrong. Right. You, you don't want to make them feel weird. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to overreact in this situation. So I think you do need to be careful. A counseling, accountability, repentance, of course, dealing with Again, that. But the, this is not a license for those of you that want to hide things. No. We're not giving you a license to say, well, I'm not going to share. I don't need to share anything because, oh, nothing's gone wrong or that person's done nothing wrong or hey, Jofo said it's okay. It's not okay. That's not what we're saying. Um, we're saying use wisdom, discernment, and you should be being open and honest uh, with your with other brothers in the elder group. Yeah, and or, or whatever, any, any or counselor. Or accountability group. Yep. Yeah, anybody that can actually hold you accountable. Not somebody that's going to hear you, but somebody's going to push you. And that's going to call you out on it. That's going to get in your face about it. Who's going to follow up. Who's going to follow up and say, man, how's this going? Right, absolutely. And you have to be willing. You absolutely have to be willing. And that person needs to be able to say, you need to go and talk to your spouse. And if you don't talk to your spouse, then I'm going to go talk to your spouse.
That's it. Because if it gets, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it has to get very far down the road. You want to stop this before anything bad could happen. Again, it may only be in your heart. It may Mm -hmm. only be in your mind. One of the books that I want to recommend everybody read is Tempted and Tried uh, by Russell Moore. Okay, good. Yeah. Dang. That's a good one. Such a good book. One One of my favorite books on the issue of temptation. And uh, and it, not only is it just solid biblically, but it's also, it's also beautifully written. He's a fantastic writer. And it addresses this particular issue as he walks through the book. He even gives personal anecdotes about some of his thoughts. Like he walked through a situation like this one time. We went into yeah. a hotel. Uh, and he, t- he tells this great story about the woman behind the counter. And he has, he has a really good perspective on what was happening there. So I think you've, you've got to protect yourself. Jimmy, what about somebody who is actually in the middle of an affair. Like, what are they feeling, like, in the middle of that affair? What, what's going through their mind as, as they've wound up in a situation where they are betraying their spouse, mm-hmm. having sex with somebody who's not their, their wife or their husband, and now um, they're, they're actually tangled up in this mess? What are they thinking? Mm. What would you be thinking? I mean, let's yeah, just say yeah. you're not ready to repent. Like, you're, you're caught in this. What are the likely things that are going through your head? Well, I guess if it's at the beginning of it, I I would assume the person is still riddled with guilt. Right. Right? I would assume that they feel like crud or they feel like a failure or they feel like um, everything is falling apart. And what's the last thing they want to happen? Is to to acknowledge their sin. Right? They don't want anybody to find out. That's it. I mean, because, oh my gosh, this will ruin everything. It's going to wreck my marriage. That's it. If this comes out, it'll wreck my ministry or potentially my job or whatever that is. And in my head, though, it's like, well, you're compromised those things already. They're all, they're, everything's already broken. And it's time to uh, bring it to light. It is time to confess. And it's time to step away for a season or two. If not forever. If not forever. It just depends. And, and... Get counseling. Work on your marriage. Work on your family, because they're going to be dealing with this, and it's going to be a struggle. And you, you need you got a lot of stuff you got to work through, and that other family as well. Assuming that it, it's a, uh, a a spouse from another family, right? Is it, they're going to have some stuff that they got to sort through. And so, I would say, uh, despite your your desire to keep it a secret and try to hide it. It's going to become worse. It's going to become worse over time. Yeah, it's uh, not going to get better. It's not going to get better. You can't just, it's not one of those things like, I guess I, I think of people who think like, if I could just, and I'm actually thinking of one person in particular in my head right now, uh, if I can get away with this one and quit cold turkey, well, who's to say, I guess in my head, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm assuming this other person as well, had thought in their, in their head, well, if I do it again, and I got away with it the first time, Maybe I'll get it away the second time. Yeah, I've okay. I'm in this situation again. I can stop it just like I, I can did stop last it just time. like that. Nothing, you know, no harm, no foul. Quote Com- unquote. But, but compounding the the, the difficulty. That's and the it. Harm. So I would say if you're at the beginning of it, you need to end it fast and now and confess it and take your licks and it's, it, you step away. That's the thing. If this has been ongoing, I think, I think it's like any other sin that over time we become callous to it. Mm-hmm. And we begin to justify it, yep. and we begin to think that it's okay, uh, that's no big deal. In that regard, I would be saying to you, uh, 
I am scared for your soul. Right. I worry for your salvation that if any of us and myself included could be so callous to the glory of God, to be so callous to the calling that God has placed upon us to just not think of it as somehow um, a tarnish to the gospel. Right. I, I am scared for you, sir. And, and the real and me in my heart, of course. And, and the reality is, if you've been in this for a while, your sin will find you yep. out. It will come to light. So you, what you need to do, even if you don't have the proper motive at this point, like, oh, I'm going to confess for the, for the glory of God. I'm going to do this for the right reasons. Um, at least begin to, to consider that you, you have to do this um, now on you, and confess it before someone else confesses it for you. That's right. You've got to tell your spouse You've got to tell the elders. You've got to deal with this now. It will only get worse. It's not going to get better. There's not going to be a happily ever after um, if you go down this road. It, it, it is a path to destruction. And the harm that you are creating by prolonging this is just compounded uh, by the delay. So you, I, I think that um, hear the warning that, that we're trying to, to give you. You are not just destroying yourself, which you are. You are destroying others. Yeah. You are destroying a person made in God's image who is not your spouse. You are destroying your spouse. You are destroying your kids. You are destroying so much. So you've got to deal with it, and you've got to deal with it decisively. It happens. It happens, and it could happen to any of us. Yeah, so we're not sitting here like, Joe and I are not sitting here like, oh, you failure. Right? Like, how do you know? We're not, we're not. Like this is as much preaching to ourselves um, in being cautious and careful that by the grace of God, it, it could be us. Yeah. And, you know, it, when I when I see a guy fall, you know, and it kind of depends, you know, sometimes w- whenever I see a, a leader or a pastor fail big time, um, honestly, my first thing is I'm fearful. Yeah. I'm like, dang, you know, I, maybe I'm not in that situation. But the the idea of creating that kind of harm is scary, and I know that it could be me. So it creates in me fear. Um, if I if I learn like, wow, this is a like a, a a compulsively abusive guy that's taking advantage of people, it moves into anger. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's okay too. You know, I knew a pastor who was taking advantage of women who were counseling, getting counseling from him, and they were being abused by their by their husbands. And so this guy would kind of swoop in and yeah. then take advantage. And once I learned about this, um, you know, the fir- what I first heard was that there was something going on and I was scared. And when I found out it was like that, I became angry. And as long as that doesn't develop into self-righteousness, yeah. it, it's a good anger to have. Wow, like, you know, you, you were really and taking advantage of people and hurting people that you had charge over, that you had care, you were supposed to be caring for. And then so to abuse your role in that way is um, is not just inappropriate. It is grievous, evil sin. So I, I see it happen in a couple of different ways. And as I've seen people fall and fail, the overall what I've what I've what I've done, what that's done for me is it's put a fire under my butt to say, be careful. Mm-hmm. Um Make sure you're talking to your brothers or your sisters, if you're a woman, um, about these things and make sure that you are guarding your heart. Not just, don't just live by rules. The yeah. Billy Graham rule is not going to help you. Guarding your heart is going to help That's you. That's right. 
If it's just a rule, you can break the rule at some point. If it's just a rule, you're not dealing with the heart issue. So it's the heart, ultimately, that you have to be dealing with. Rules are helpful. They're good tools. But what you need to do is, um, is guard your heart. Make sure that you are maintaining true communion with Christ. If, you're maintaining, if you are abiding in, abiding in Christ and maintaining communion with him, your sins will grieve you. They will hurt you. And you will, you will be compelled to repent of them on a daily basis and deal with them as radically as is necessary. Even confessing them to people that you mm-hmm. know is going to make a detrimental impact on your current lifestyle or life experience. In the end, I guess, you know, what we want to say is the reason pastors have affairs is because they are like everybody else. Yep. And what compounds it is that they tend to be seen in a light that is not very true. Um, sometimes they don't have accountability like they're supposed to. The wrong answer is to say, well, why do pastors have a fair? Because they're sinners. Like, well, okay. That, lots of people are sinners. That doesn't mean that they have affairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, affairs happen because there are a series of situations and circumstances. Generally, this is the case. There are a series of situations and circumstances that build up and lead to this. So you've got to be aware of what's happening in your life, and you have to be able to look forward and say what could happen. You got to be able to look ahead and and project and say like, wow, this is going to lead somewhere bad. So I need to deal with this now. So we got to be careful. Be careful, Jimmy. If people want to support the podcast, be a part of the Jofo team, Team Jofo. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Well, first, big thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media, the audiovisual wizard of Doctrine and Devotion. If you've got any audiovisual photography needs, hit up jbondmedia.com and he will hook you up today. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. Click on the Contact Us page. You can sign up for our email list. Uh, you can head on over to the store, grab some T-shirts, hoodies, journals, or books. You can head on over to iTunes to leave us an honest five-star review. We've only got like 300. We need, well, we can have more. Uh, we're, get over there. Get over there. Leave us an honest five-star review. View. Finally, you can head on over to missionaware.com slash Devo. Grab yourself some great apparel and some stickers or some journals or some Dockin' Devo pint glasses and rock glasses. Rocks glasses. Rocks glasses. Not a rock glass. No, it's a rock glass. It's a rock glass it's made, made out, of rock. out of rock. No, it's not. No, it's it's etched out of... Is glass rock? No, it's like sand, right? It's, glass is basically sand, right? Use a promo code DOCADEVO to save $10 off any order over $50. Fresh pod every every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content soon on Fridays. Later.